Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last, and this is Beyond Synth, episode 44. Uh, Later on the show, I'll be chatting with Highway Superstar. We haven't actually had a conversation in a long time. He was guest number five? Let me check. Yep, Highway Superstar was on episode number five. That's when we first met. Uh, I think he came back one or two times with a little catch-up about uh, some of the stuff he released, but this is our first uh, lengthy conversation in about two years, so that's exciting stuff. Um, how's everybody doing today? We got, uh, we're got we going to play some cool music, and let's get through some business here. Uh, don't forget to follow at Andy Last on Twitter. That's the official Twitter account for Beyond Synth, where there'll be lots of uh, updates on the show and stuff like that. That's pretty much it, really. Beyond Synth is on Power85, power85.com. Power85 is an internet radio station that plays lots of cool synthwave music and a bunch of other stuff, and it's 24 hours a day, man, so if you are sitting at home and you're like, man, I don't know what to to listen to right now, then you just hop on to power85.com, and uh, that'll all be taken care of for you. Except on Thursday nights at 8 p.m., which is when Beyond Synth plays. And if you're listening to the replay, and by that I mean on SoundCloud, because Beyond Synth episodes get posted up to SoundCloud, uh, just know that the show also airs 8 p.m. Thursdays. That's when the new episodes come out, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, feel free to listen at that time and pop in because there's always a live chat going on when the episode airs, and it's a lot of fun because people like to chat and have a good time and socialize around their mutual love of synth wave, which is always good. And also there's a replay Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern... uh, Eastern... Eastern Stein. (laughs) Eastern Standard Time. So if you can't catch the 8 p.m. because maybe you live in Europe, you might be able to catch the 1 p.m. And the shows get posted later on the next week. If you're wondering about the timeline of Beyond Synth, which nobody is. Listen, speaking of of listening, let's uh, listen to a track here. This is a song called Arcade Riot by Absinthe. And Absinthe is spelt with a three at the end instead of an E. Does the word Absinthe have an E in it? It's less like Absinthe 3. I'm pretty sure it's just called Absinthe with a three as an E. Why am I still talking about this? Let's check out the song. This is Arcade Riot.
that's my impression of Arcade Riot. My absinthe. From Those Were the Days EP. That's a cool song. How's everybody doing today? Is everybody still all right? Hey, listen, if you like synthwave shows where a host guides you through listening to cool music, then you should check out Project Friday, which is a show that happens on Friday nights hosted by a guy called Steve. And uh, he plays lots of cool tunes, and it's a lot of fun, so do it. Do it up. My name's Andy Last, by the way. Highway Superstar coming up later in the program. I'm still trying to figure out what the Christmas episode of this show is going to be. In previous years, I usually had that show uh, planned and recorded months in advance just to make sure. However, this time, we are getting very, very close to... The holiday episode, which is going to be the one next week. And uh, I haven't uh, done anything. I haven't recorded a single thing for it. I haven't even really organized the guests. So I know some people are like, oh, you're going to have Lucasette back on? And, you know, maybe. <laughs> I just, I can't promise anything because I, I haven't even recorded it. So who knows? Maybe there'll just be no guests and I'll just do an impression of, of Lucasette, which I can do. It won't be a good one, but then, you know, it never is. Listen, I want to... Uh, I completely forgot about this segment of the show. Remember when uh, the show got rebooted and I kept saying we were going to be doing all these new segments? And so far I've done none, except I had uh, words of wisdom from Vincenzo Salvia, Italian synthwave producer. He refers to them as pills of wisdom. But that is because English is not his first language. Anyways, here's a... Here's a good one. This is uh, this is a words of wisdom, Italian words of wisdom from Vincenzo Salvia. It's not the jacket that makes the gentleman. It's not the jacket that makes the gentleman. Now let you sit on that one for a while and really think about it. All right, absorb that because it's incredibly important to you and to your future. And speaking of your future, let's listen to another track, which will be in the future of what I'm saying right now. I'm bad at this. <laughs> Sometimes there's weeks that go by. You know, last week, the week before, I didn't really do too much hosting stuff because I just had guests on and we just jumped right into the show uh, very quickly. But uh, so then sometimes I'm like weeks out of practice and I forget how to talk. But uh, I'm not going to have to talk right now because we're going to listen to a song. This is a track by a dude called Mickelson. I'm not sure if he really has an artist name or if he just goes by Mickelson. I think that's just his name, like his last name. Anyway, here's a track called Spoons by Mickelson.
And that was Mickelson with the track Spoons. I think it's Mickelson like Mads Mickelson, you know, the villain from James Bond and star of Hannibal, of which I still have to watch season three, but that's a pretty cool show, and I will watch season three soon. I actually started watching The Flash, which is actually a pretty cool show, surprisingly. I didn't think I would like any of these, like, CW superhero shows, because traditionally the broadcasting on CW wasn't really aimed at me, but uh, The Flash is all right, man. It's a fun superhero program. The superheroes have, you know, magical powers, and, uh, uh, you know, they call the villains by their stupid names and stuff, so they, they're not really afraid to do Because, you know, there's a lot of superhero shows now, movies, where, you know, they're sort of a... It's like they're embarrassed of the stuff it's based on. They're embarrassed of the source material. Did I have this conversation? I feel like I had this conversation with someone very, very recently. But, you know, it's like, you know, in The Dark Knight Rises, how they don't say Catwoman and stuff like that. Uh, Because it's like, oh, it would be silly if we said Catwoman. But it's like, well, that's who the character is, right? I mean, you know, that's that's your movie. If you don't like that character, you don't like their name or whatever, and you're embarrassed by it, then don't use them, you know? Anyway, listen, I want to do something fun here. I don't know if you guys ever actually read your junk mail, but I do. And uh, I love it uh, so much because there's so much amazing stuff in there. For me, what I love and what I think a lot of people don't give credit for to the crazy junk emails is how much like creativity is put into the scam. And a lot of people just dismiss it. It goes into your junk email. It's another one of those Nigerian prince scams and you just let it go. But I read them all because they're so good. And sometimes they're so elaborate that I, I got to give credit to these people. So... So this was an email I received from the Union Bank of Nigeria, Stallion Plaza 36, Marina, PMB 227. Okay, it's just an address. This is to officially notify you that the Federal Ministry of Finance has approved the sum of $2,750,000 for release to you as part of your withheld fund. See, I have a withheld fund. I didn't even know. The Union Bank has been authorized to issue an ATM card effectively. Good. An ATM card number 51208156106256475647 worth $2,750,000 has been approved by the Union Bank Board for release. In view of the payment approval issued by the Federal Ministry of Finance, the FMF, in your favor, we request you fill out the information for immediate courier of your ATM card. Your full name, delivery address, phone number, The delivery of your ATM card will proceed upon receipt of the required courier information. You are required to pay the sum of $240, being the cost of freight, of the ATM card to you. This is necessitated because we are not authorized to make deductions from your funds. This is the case only when you cannot come to our office address to pick up your ATM card in person. Your ATM card will be at your address within 72 hours of receipt of the courier service charge of $240 needed to courier your ATM card to your address. Please help us serve you better. Yours faithfully, Ogandype Golehan David. Okay, what? Ogundipe Goblahan David. Now, this sounds like a very trustworthy man to me, and I don't see the scam in it. I just have to give these guys 250 bucks so that they can send me an ATM card. 
an ATM card that is two million seven hundred fifty thousand U.S. dollars, but they're not allowed <laughs> to take two hundred bucks from that to send the card to me, which is uh, which is pretty awesome. If people want to start donating to the show, I'd really like to get this ATM card, but I don't have a spare two hundred and forty bucks. So um, I'll uh, just release my PayPal information, or you can just send it to me, and then maybe we can uh, crowdfund this thing and get this ATM card. In the meantime, let's listen to a track by Yuppie Culture. This is a track called Snail Mail by Yuppie Culture. Snail Mail by Yuppie Culture. Some kind of video gamey stuff going on in there. That was cool. Listen, friends, you're listening to Power 85. 
right now, unless you're listening to the uh, download later on, which is on SoundCloud. But if you are listening live, we are on Power 85. And this is Beyond Synth. My name's Andy Last, just in case you needed a reminder. And if you dig the show, please like the Facebook page. That's uh, facebook.com slash beyond.synth.podcast. And you can also follow Beyond Synth on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash beyondsynth. Or you can just do a Google search for Beyond Synth, and that's the first thing that comes up. All these things make me very happy. And if you have a track... Or if you uh, make music and you want it uh, played on the show, just uh, send me a message, man. You can send a message to the Facebook page. You can send a message to my Twitter. You can uh, send a message um, to the SoundCloud. And those are the three places where you can send them. And if you do send me tracks, uh, just also give me permission. I really only play things on the show if I have like the artist's permission which is a sort of a thing that I do. So I only play stuff that's been uh, sort of sanctioned by the artists themselves. So if you send me tracks, make sure you also say, hey, and I also give you permission to, you know, play my music on your show. And uh, that will help me out, man or woman, depending on what's, uh, what's going down. Hey, listen, if you're anything like me, you dig uh, synth music. So let's listen to some. This is a track called Welcome to Badass Incorporated by Volcor X.
And that was Volcor X with Welcome to Badass Inc. INC period, which we all know is short for Incorporated. If you know what I mean. Uh, we got uh, Highway Superstar coming up in just a bit. Man, but we're going to play some more music. We're going to have some fun. Just want to remind you guys that the theme song for Beyond Synth is done by a guy called Ogre. It's not his real name. That's his artist name. His real name's Robin, but uh, he makes great music. So ogresound.bandcamp. You should check out uh, some of the kick-ass music that he makes. He does the theme song for the show. And i also like to thank Dallas Campbell for providing some of the elements used in the intro of the show. And he also makes cool music as Dallas Campbell and as Magic Happened, which is a thing. I think we should listen to another word of wisdom from Vincenzo Salvia, to be honest with you. I should have been playing these throughout the weeks, <laughs> but I got sidetracked. So I'd like to uh, I'd like to hear a bit more. So we uh, we got the jacket doesn't make the gentleman. When you love someone, you feel like you chosen the right jacket, and you don't care about changing it. When you love someone, you feel like you've chosen the right jacket, and you don't feel like changing it. Isn't that true? Vincenzo Salvi has a thing about jackets, by the way. Uh, but that's <laughs> that's another thing. But uh, very, very true words. Um, although I paraphrase there because I said chosen when really uh, he said choosed. I think choosed should be an English phrase. I think that'd be cool. Here's some songs I choosed that I would like you to listen to. If you have any questions or comments for the show and you want me to read them on a later episode, uh, you can also send me a message to the same places, the Twitter, the uh, the Facebook page, the uh, the SoundCloud, and just title the message Mail Sack. That is a sack of mail. And I will read the mail. I'll probably get a guest and we'll do a Mail Sack episode. I know I've been saying this for months now, but it'll happen one of these days. It'll happen. You just wait and see, man. After reading that United uh, Bank of Nigeria email, I must have another one. Again, uh, what I'm always trying to isolate is, like, what is the actual scam here? That's my favorite thing. So I'm going to read you this one. Actually, you know what? Here, let's listen to another song, and then when we come back, I'm going to read you uh, more lovely spam emails from... (laughs) That's the kind of show this is. Hope you uh, dig it. All right, so let's listen to a track. Hey, we were just talking about Vincenzo Salvia's words of wisdom. Well, let's listen to Vincenzo Salvia sing a song now. This is a track called Tramonto d'Agosto by Vincenzo Salvia off the Summer Love One Year Later. Was that an EP? I think it was an EP. It was like four tracks. And uh, and this is a cool song. So here is Vincenzo Salvia.
was Vincenzo Salvia with Tramonto de Gusto. I asked him what it meant, and I know what Agosto is August. It's something to do with August, but I forget what Tramonto means. 
Ramondo de Gusto. Anyway, it's a good song. Vincenzo Salvia is awesome. And as promised, we are going to delve into the depths of more spam emails from my spam email folder. And again, if you guys have any comments, if you, if you think you've understood the scam better than I have, let me know. Futuba Corporation is an engineering equipment manufacturing company based in Japan. We have been in the forefront in the manufacturing of vacuum tubes, vacuum fluorescent displays, VFDs, tool and die set components, radio control equipment, and OLED displays. Having reached big sales volume in Germany, Japan, France, Italy, Denmark, United Kingdom, Australia, and Portuguese markets, we are now trying to penetrate the United States and Canadian market. Due to increased demand in these regions, we require representatives in USA and Canada to function as an ingenious customer relations officials. To function as ingenious customer relations officials. The salary is very attractive. You will be entitled to 10% of every payment you receive from our customers in your region. On behalf of the company, if interested, send the required information. Full names, full postal address with state and zip code, direct telephone and fax number, company name, position, date of birth, occupation, and email. Sincerely, Yoichi Yamamoto, Rules and Business, Futuba Corporation. And, you know, this is a really important corporation, you know, like, and, and they're looking for, I guess, sales representatives. I'm not sure what the scam is, but it's completely legit. And the reason why I know it's legitimate is because this, their business, literally, they're selling internationally all these electronics. They're selling uh, vacuum tubes and OLED displays and all that. And, uh, and the rules and business uh, operation manager, Yoichi Yamoto, from the Futuba Corporation's email address is yoichiyamoto6 at gmail.com. <laughs> We're talking some very official stuff here. I can't even begin to explain how. Listen, they're just a, they're a really good company, okay? You don't want to mess with, the, with those people. But I tell you what you do want to mess with. Listening to the kick-ass VHS glitch. Here's a song called Can't Catch Me off the Evil Technology album. This is VHS Glitch.
And that was VHS Glitch with the track Can't Catch Me. That guy makes cool music. You should definitely check it out. Remember the... Uh, I post all links to the artists that are featured on the show on the SoundCloud page, so when the episode gets posted to SoundCloud, you can check out the episode links, uh, and they'll tell you um, how to find the music of the artists you were just listening to. So if you dig the songs, man, you can uh, support these people and check out their stuff and uh, give their music some plays, because that's what it's all about these days, man. It's about content, and it's about plays and getting plays and playing. Also, if you want to get a hold of uh, Yoichi um, <laughs> Yamamoto from the uh, Futuba Corporation, his email is yoichiyamamoto6 at gmail.com. He's always looking out for, for uh, ingenious customer relations officials to represent the uh, Futuba Corporation abroad. Although, to be fair, they're already doing really well in Germany, Japan, France, Italy, Denmark, United Kingdom, Australia, and Portugal. So they're really only looking for ingenious customer relations officials in the uh, in the United States and, and Canadian market. But uh, definitely get a hold of that guy. I'm sure it's not a scam at all. I don't know why it fell into my junk mail folder when it's such an amazing opportunity. All right, let me listen to another one. Hold on. Well, this is a short one. <clears throat> Dear James, good day. <laughs> By the way, I get junk email addressed to James all the time. So that's uh, that's just the thing. Dear James, good day. We are a genealogical researcher company, and your name came up in the course of our research into the unclaimed estate of the late Mr. Anthony D. Kindly contact us to discuss this further. Sincerely, Mr. R. Van Percy, genealogical researcher. Genealogical researcher. Now let me ask you a question. What does this email, what is the scam of this one? I don't even get it. Like, it's one of those other ones where I'm assuming I'd have to pay money to accept the inheritance. But why would a genealogical researcher be, like, cold call emailing people because... What, what did he find my DNA? What's the... <laughs> like, what is the nature of the scam? Like, I want to know. So, my name came up. Why would my name come up? Exactly. If you were analyzing, first of all, the late Mr. Anthony D. He didn't even write his last name. <laughs> So they're looking into the the genealogy of the late Mr. Anthony D and my name came up? Does that make any sense? Like I'm just trying to figure out like who's going to read this email and be like, "Oh, the late Mr. Anthony D. That was my dad, D for dad. It must be me." Why? <laughs> I uh, sorry, I love these things maybe a lot more than anybody else does. You know what else is cool? This track called Night Chase by Vector Wolf.
And that was Night Chase by Vector Wolf. That's a cool name. It's got the word Vector in it, the word Wolf. Those are both cool things. Put them together. You got Vector Wolf. That was the track Night Chase. If you dig that, check the SoundCloud page. Beyond Synth on SoundCloud to uh, get all the artist links. Uh, We still got uh, Highway Superstar coming up really soon. And uh, we'll just talk for a few more seconds here. We're going to listen to another track, and then we'll go to Highway Superstar, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, you love it, I love it. Um, I don't know what else to really say. I got this, I want to read this one, but it's so long. Again, if I can reiterate, uh, follow me on Twitter, follow the Facebook page, the SoundCloud page, it's all good. Oh, and if you're also on Twitter, follow Power85 Radio. That's at Power85. That's the Twitter account for uh, for Power85. And you'll get all sorts of updates about what tracks they're playing and uh, and all that stuff. It's all terribly exciting. I'm going to read you this email I received from Mr. David Danilo. For some reason, this one also fell into my spam folder. I don't know why. And now he starts it off by saying, Please let all correspondence be on my personal email address, danilodavid22900 at yahoo.com.hk. Kindest attention. My name is Mr. David Danilo. I am from Portugal. I have been diagnosed with esophageal cancer. It has defied all forms of medical treatment, and right now I have only about a few months to live, according to medical experts. I have not particularly lived my life so well, as I have never really cared for anyone, not even myself, but my business. Though I am very rich, I was never generous. I was always hostile to people and uh, only focused on my business, as that was the only thing I cared for. But now I regret all this, as I know now that there is more to life than just wanting to have or make all the money in the world. I believe when God gives me a second chance to come to this world, I would live my life a different way from how I have lived it. Now that God has called me, I have willed and given most of my property and assets to my immediate and extended family, as well as a few close friends. I want God to be merciful to me and accept my soul, (laughs) so... Okay, again, what is this email like? <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> I've decided to give alms to charity organizations. Uh, sorry, if I read words incorrectly, it's because the English is terrible. As I want this to be one of the last good deeds I do on earth. So far, I have distributed money to some charity organizations in the UAE, Somalia, and Malaysia. Now that my health has deteriorated so badly, I cannot do this myself anymore. I once asked members of my family to close one of my accounts and distribute the money which I have there to charity organizations in Bulgaria and Pakistan. They refused and kept the money to themselves. Jerks. These jerks. Hence, I do not trust them anymore, as they seem not to be uh, contended with what I have left for them. The last of my money, which no one knows of, is the huge cash deposit of... (laughs) Is the... The last, the last of my money, which no one knows of, is the huge cash deposit of 30 million United States dollars. And then in brackets, 9,500,000. <laughs> so this email can't even get it straight in the same sentence. The huge cash deposit of 30 million United States dollars, and then in brackets, just so we know what they're talking about, 9,500,000. That I have with an financing vaulting unit abroad. What I what it, what is that? I will want you to help me collect this deposit and dispatch it to charity organizations. 
Kindly note that 30% of these funds must go to the tsunami victims, just just general tsunami victims, 50% to other charity organizations, and 20% for your effort and time. I cannot talk with you on the phone due to my health situation, as I am using my laptop computer to communicate with you. You should respond to this email if you are interested in carrying out this assignment on my behalf. God be with you, Mr. David Danilo. So, what is the scam here? Like, (laughs) what's this elaborate story about a guy who's dying of cancer, who has a bunch of greedy relatives, (laughs) and he's got some sort of safety deposit box in a vault unit abroad, and I have to help him (laughs) distribute $30 million to tsunami victims? Like, what is the scam? Like, I just... Listen, we're going to listen to some Celeract LA Dreams now. He is uh, obviously one of the best. We all love Celeract LA Dreams. And uh, here's a track called Senior Class by Celeract LA Dreams.
was Celerect L.A. Dreams with the track Senior Class. Uh, he's one of the best. i got to have him back on the show. He was uh, on the show last season, and uh, he makes so much music that we only even covered like a third of it in our interview. So I'm going to have him back, and maybe we'll cover another third of his uh, of his catalog. And anyways, that was uh, that was that. So let's now go to my conversation with Highway Superstar and uh, check out some of his new tunes and uh, find out what he's been up to since I talked to him last. So uh, let's do that right now. Alrighty, I am here with Highway Superstar, a.k.a. Alex Karlinski. How's it going, man? Hey, man. Such a pleasure, as always. So... To get on track here, you were on episode five. Mm-hmm. That was the the first appearance of Alex, but that's been that was like the main interview thing, right? When the show first got going. So this is like the first time we've really sat down. And I'm assuming you're sitting down. Yeah, I am. And, uh, I am sitting yeah. down. <laughs> it's very comfortable here, just so you know. <laughs> Describe your chair to me. It's actually nothing to fuss about. It's like your usual office chair with like plastic handlebars and uh, like really worn out. Are those side things called handlebars? I think it's... I'm confusing with the armrests, right? I I was thinking about (laughs) bicycles. Now I'm thinking about you, like, driving around your chair. like Uh, Yeah, but it's dark red. Do you like dark red, Andy? I do. (laughs) (laughs) Why is everyone always asking me that? (laughs) Which color is Uh, your favorite? uh, I'm I'm pretty boring. I've always liked black. I know that's not... Uh, oh, man. You're not allowed to say that. You're allowed to say that. Yeah. Black's a good color. Yeah, black's pretty cool. It's weird because when I was a kid and young... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you, you can be either? Like, you, you can be a kid, but you're old. Oh, my God. Well, anyways, but... <laughs> when I was younger... Uh, I used to dress in black all the time, and then for some reason in recent years, I, I tried to inject more color in my wardrobe, and so now I'm always wearing, like, colored t-shirts and, and, and bright shirts and things like this, which is something I never used to do. And then the other day, I finally wore all black, which I haven't done in years. Wow. And I remembered, like, man, it looks great. I love, <laughs> like, I want to dress in all black all the time. I just, I haven't been, because I was sort of... Uh, not rebelling, but just, you know, just trying to be different than the way I used to dress. But man, like, dressing in all black is so much cooler than dressing Did, in did you get, like, uh, the appropriate feedback of people, like, who are not used to seeing people dressed all in black? Or, like, people that got used to see you, like, wear co- really. colors? And, like, oh, you're back to black again. No, it wasn't like, uh, I didn't, I didn't uh, perform, like, a fashion show or anything, but... If you do, though, uh, you know, you should call me, right? I will, Mal, so I'll send you photos. <laughs> I don't care, though. Like, I don't really... I don't have much of, like, a partying social life kind of thing, <laughs> so I, I haven't really had the need to um, look cool in a very long time. <laughs> Not yeah. that I ever looked cool, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. you've got kids. It's like, I, I'm a homebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... Uh, when people talk, you know, they say they're going to come visit or they're like, oh, what should we do in in the city and stuff? I'm like, honestly, man, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. I'm just like, just, just Google it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you want to know what to do? Ask Siri. Because, like, I just uh, sit on my couch and play games. Yeah. Like, and I want to, I want to sound like I'm a cool guy, but really it's like... Uh, 
I play video games with my son, and... Uh, that is mega cool, like, playing games with your son. What can be cooler than that? Yeah, I mean, it is pretty cool. I can't I can't complain. But to be honest with you, the most part, I'm usually just kind of sitting at my computer thinking about work I have to do, mm-hmm. but not exactly doing it. It's just more like just living out the stress of yeah. knowing that I have to do it. Yeah, man, I love thinking about work. <laughs> yeah, I do it all the time, It's a, but I it frustrates me because... I know there's people who just have more of like a go-getter attitude, and uh, I wish I had that. I am a go-getter thinker. Like, I'm thinking about go-getting. Does that count? (laughs) I I guess. I mean, like, I mean, I do the same. (laughs) Well, hey, man, uh, before we get any further, let's actually, um, let's talk about some stuff, because you have not been on the show for a very, very long time, and so you've actually had two albums come out, and we're going to get to the new one, but we really haven't talked too much about the other one, because when I talked to you before, you hadn't put out Take My Time yet, Yeah. Uh, when we did our original interview. Mm-hmm. I think in subsequent appearances, you did mention, just said, here it is, kind of thing. <laughs> so, talk to me uh, a bit about Take My Time, like what was... Uh, I know it's a while ago now. Maybe you, you've forgotten. Oh, man, you're taking me so far back <laughs> of my long-spanning career. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play a track from it. Yeah. I'm going to play uh, the track, the uh, the title track, man. I'll play Take My Time mm-hmm. featuring Dana Jean Phoenix and Chris Page. Mm-hmm. And then we'll uh, talk about it. Uh, so here we go. Here is Take My Time by Highway Superstar.
That was Take My Time by Highway Superstar, featuring Dana Jean Phoenix and Chris Page. And I am joined again with Highway Superstar. Hello. That was from the album Take My Time, uh, which was the last album you put, the second last album you put out. So uh, talk to me a bit about that track. Like, for example, um, there's two people singing on it. So was that the original intention? No. Uh, the original intention was to build a track around a vocal file I had by Chris Page, which is a, uh, a moniker, a pseudonym, or whatever it's called. Like <laughs> That's in Webster's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, that dude, uh, I had that these vocal files in my archive, my library, like back when I was doing other music styles for for a while. I'm not sure it was like waiting for the right time. I'm not, not sure that's the case here, but I just had, I just had it, but I couldn't build a proper track around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, only when I when I got to Highway Superstar and I started messing around with the more like retro synth 80s kind of style just browsing through my files I found this vocal track and I was like whoa I'm pretty sure I could build something good around that so I just placed it in the the software and I just started filling around with uh, chords and ideas and stuff and uh, it really didn't take much time unlike the song title uh, <laughs> ironic ironically no uh, that I got like a, a complete track built, like a skeleton of something, like built around it. But unfortunately, I couldn't find the entire vocal line, so it just didn't cut to be the entire song. It didn't have enough vocals. So I contacted, uh, contacted Dana, who uh, I got to know through a Sunglasses Kid collaboration. And uh, she was like fairly fresh, fairly new, like. She didn't put out many, many retro tracks, so uh, I thought to myself, "Wow!" And, and I was like, pretty, pretty new myself. I was like, w- "Would she agree? Like, would she, would she like that? Is it pro enough for her?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, luckily, she like she totally digged it, and uh, we just did the entire track together, and it became a sort of a duet kind of thing, like an A B reply response sort of thing. Right. Yeah, and then I called a buddy of mine who I played in a band with called Jesse Bullet. That's also yeah, not his real last name. That's also a moniker. <laughs> By the way, there are no people that hang around with such a cool name like in real life, right? Yeah, that would be pretty sweet, man. If I have another kid, I'll call him like Matrix Bullet Master or something. <laughs> <laughs> Once we had the like guitar solo down and it was pretty much ready. I still think it's one of the better songs I wrote in my lifetime. 
so far. I totally like it. It's been like two years or so since Take My Time was, was released. So, uh, and I still like it. What percentage would you give it out of 100? If, you, if you're grading yourself, you're a teacher who's uh, grading the song. I would give it a <laughs> C+. <plus. laughs> well, now you're being modest. Yeah, I like it, but I mean, uh, if we take like 100, like an A+, plus as unachievable height of my best is best, <laughs> I would give it like a solid C+. Plus. Is A+, plus 100? I don't know, but we we don't use like the A plus system. I, I'm just talking like well, that. Well, it's a, it's a very inaccurate system because it's yeah. not. <laughs> I don't think there's ever been like I know there's people who, it's like uh, when you use certain phrases and people assume that there's a, a specific number value, but no one ever means it that way. You know, when you say a few, a few and many, a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are just like, oh, if you say a few, like you are talking about three. Like, that is three. And then there's other people like, no, I would say a few for five. And they'd be like, no, 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 no. A few is less than five. And like, you, but there's no ever, you know what I mean? So when it comes to like the letter grade system, I think people, it goes a little weird because like, I assume A is like a 90 and a B is like a 70 to 80. And then C downwards starts to get like a little weird about where that really sits. In my mind, the C would be like 70, 75. Something like that? Really? See, I, I I picture a C being lower. But the thing is with, like, little or too many, like, if you break your arm in a few places, that would be too many, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people who will definitively, like, say, no, 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 this is what it is. B is 85%. And then, but it's never, it's never been, like, 100% clear. I don't think anybody is, like, in full agreement of what these letters mean in terms of numbers, but we had, like, the... How do you call the other system, like the hundred, like the decimal system? Well, the percentile, like percentage. I mean, that's obviously, that's that's the proper way, because that's m- mathematical. Like it- Obviously, it's also the proper way, because we use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we use it here, too, like in our school, so uh, I grew up with this. Okay, what, what language was your schooling in? Hebrew, though uh, I did my first grade in Belarus when it was a part of USSR in the 1990s. Right. Exactly, like in 1990. When did you learn English, or was it always like another language you spoke? Well, English is mandatory here uh, in schools. In my days, it was like since fourth grade. I think now it's a bit lower from second or, or third grade, even though like now with shows like Dora the Explorer. In the Hebrew version... She teaches English as a foreign language. I, I, I know, like, in English, she, she teaches Spanish. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, like, it's weird, too, because for, um, because I'm Canadian, right? So, yeah. in Canada, the second language is French, and in the States, it's Spanish. And does she teach French? And, no, they don't change it. So, like, it still is, like, a show where you learn Spanish. That w- that's weird. Well, Canada doesn't normally change anything from the States. Yeah. Like, we just accept their TV as it is. But we have our own, like you know bilingual television shows mm-hmm. and stuff so when you when you learned english was it like the immersion system where you'd go to school and like speak english at school or you just learned it as a language as a language like a few hours a week it would be like english class but my english i mean my good english doesn't come from there like i was pretty average in english until like my my teens then i got internet and i started watching like american tv shows without any like translation stuff and I started reading a lot so so that helped okay let's um 
here's what we're going to do. We're going to listen to another song, one of the tracks that I dig from Take My Time, and then we will continue this conversation. Yeah. I like just barking instructions at the guests. Just like, here's what we are going to do, damn it. We're going to do this now. Uh, you like a Jill Sergeant, Abby. <laughs> so here's a track uh, that I dig. It's called 1080 off the album Take My Time. This is Highway Superstar.
And that was Highway Superstar with the track 1080. And I am joined with Highway Superstar. We're continuing our conversation. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I didn't hear any tracks. Like You, you, you keep <laughs> saying these weird things. We're going to listen to a track and then there's no track. What the fuck? Are you, uh, are you trying to break the illusion that this is not a live program? I'm trying to break the fourth wall or the fourth. I don't know. Is there? <laughs> I'm what, trying to break the fourth the, wall for the fourth man. What would be the podcast equivalent of the fourth wall of television? Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I think the fourth wall applies to any circumstance where the piece of entertainment directly interfaces with the people absorbing it. And that includes you, random listener. Yes. So I think if you... But I think, can you break the fourth wall of something that's already conversational in the first place? Like it's... Because uh, the, the whole format of podcasting is you're already like... You're already inviting people in to listen to a conversation. So it's it's more intimate than a narrative television show that yeah. has its own reality. Like Because the reality of this podcast is actual reality, right? Because we're not playing characters or... So would breaking the fourth wall would be like the complete opposite thing? Like getting in character and playing like random <laughs> weird scripts and stuff like that? Yeah, but then we wouldn't be breaking a wall. We would be constructing the fourth wall. Constructing the... So this would be constructing the fourth wall. Am I right, Batman? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, Robin. <laughs> So you literally just taught yourself English? Not really. I mean, like, I had the... We have, like, a really good basis in school. You can build upon that if you so wish. So if you want to read more, you can do it. Most people, like, watch TV, American sitcoms and stuff like that. It's pretty popular here. When you learn the alphabet, then, mm -hmm. what, what do you say as the final letter? We say Z. But recently, like, and, and I was, it was like really deeply implemented in my mind that it, it is Z. You can't say Z. But the more you listen to Americans speak and uh, even Canadians, I guess, right? No, we don't. We do Z. C Canadians. Z. See, because I, I was having a conversation with somebody and I never did the research, but I think that the United States is the only country that says Z. It sounds better to me, you know? Well, it rhymes. I mean, that's the thing. It, it, when you sing the alphabet song, it rhymes. It's X, Y, Z. Yeah, you, you lose that, uh, you know, you lose that sound. But Yeah, it has, like, a musicality to it. But it's, uh, I, I think it's the only place. Because I'm fairly certain every other place uses, like, when they learn English, they learn, like, the, uh, I don't know, what, what's the word for proper English? Like, imperial English? I don't know what the word, <laughs> I don't know what the word would be. <laughs> Interna I guess international English, is that? I guess. The British English would be the best English ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you should not use any... whatever. <laughs> Completely changing topics. Talk to me about the track we just listened to, 1080. That was one of the first tracks I came up with as Highway Superstar that sounded cool. The first tracks I uploaded were like Whistling Shurikens and... Uh, emotional passenger, and both of them were focused on getting things sound nice and beautiful, and like good melodies that people can connect to, and like emotional crap like that, you know? Yes. That artists usually strive for. And 1080 was like the track I listened to a bunch of synthwave 
like uh, after these two tracks and like yeah, when I was coming up with material I heard this bass line in my head and I like whoa bass line yeah finally I'm getting cool bass lines here it's not about how beautiful things are it's about how cool things are and this is like the best coolest bass line ever and I'm gonna do a great track about it and that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you can't argue with that <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, it is a cool song. I love that one. Because um, definitely, like, this album was, and I guess uh, the, your new one as well, it sort of does balance that sound. Because, like, the first couple tracks I heard of Highway Superstar, you know, before you had the album, uh, there was um, there was more of the things where I would be like, this is the Highway Superstar sound, you know, like Boardwalk Sunset and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then this was more getting into the more kind of, like, synth-wavy, and you had a few other tracks... Uh, like it on this album that I also really liked, and I still really love "Emotional Passenger." Man, like <laughs> I love that song. That's because you're emotional, Andy. <laughs> well, it's just I don't know. It's something. It's just a uh, it it, it uh, hits all the right notes. But do you do you have a version of that? Like, do you still have the like the source files of "Emotional Passenger"? Yeah, I think I do. One of the rules i set for myself when i started like this project is that this time I'm, i i did a bunch of random things like before i settled on like an artist name or something and one of the things i wanted for myself was that this time i'm not just gonna do random shit uh, on the computer i'm gonna save it and have like an organized library of stuff and projects that i can go back to whenever i need because you know i I want to be a successful artist and I want to have my back catalog available whenever I want to do something with it. I don't want to throw it away or like store it improperly. So I, I try to have it arranged in my hard drive. So I, I do have it, but I can't say I've been like that like with all the songs. Right, right. Does it ever cross your mind to like revisit? To back up? back stuff up <laughs> so. no no I mean <laughs> no, I'm speaking artistically like to actually revisit tracks that you've worked on before like I find for me personally I get caught up in backup backup like backing up my stuff and you know because I have a lot of old video projects and, and those things take up a huge amount of space and then you watch it and you go like well what if I do it better this time right well because that's the thing like as much as I you know, complain about what George Lucas did to Star Wars, I do that same thing to my projects. Like, there's been lots of projects where I go back and watch them and I say, okay, here's an old video that I never put on Vimeo, let's say. And if I'm going to put it on Vimeo, sometimes I'll be like, well, I can clean this up a bit and I can make a few changes, you know, if I'm going to bother re-uploading it. Hold on one second. Is it Vimeo or Vimeo? Vimeo. Really? Yeah. Does it have a meaning? No, but I think it's because it's like, it's like video. And they've just they've switched the the D for an M, so I say it like Vimeo. I know some people here in Israel that say Skypey instead of Skype because <laughs> it has an E. <laughs> Fuck! I'm gonna call calling it Skypey. That's awesome. Because <laughs> you know Nike is Nike, That's but true. some people here call it Nike. <laughs> I feel like I've met people who've called it Nike as well. It just does, it sounds wrong. Like when people say that, it sounds offensive in some way. I think I but, came to a, uh, like to a point that both names sound wrong to me. N- none of them sounds right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, there's it. It has a. <laughs> it sounds like it could be racist. 
Yeah. I feel like if, if you wanted to call people either of those words, now I even feel weird saying it again because I could fit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we'll lighten the mood. Listen, because uh, we were just talking about it. This wasn't on your album, but this is one of my favorite uh, older tracks of yours. And then uh, when we come back, maybe we'll talk a bit about the uh, the new album, Man and Game. But this is uh, this is one of my favorite tracks of yours. It's called Emotional Passenger by Highway Superstar.
And that was Emotional Passenger by Highway Superstar, and I am still with him, having a conversation. Sort of, yeah. We are okay. talking. <laughs> <laughs> is this not a conversation? It is. <laughs> over over Skypey? Of course it is, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, what I was saying before the break, and by break I mean the song, is I get caught up doing these sort of backups and then and then revisiting old projects, and I found that it really um, it's it, it delays my my forward progression because I focus so much on like trying to repair old things when I should just accept what they are and move on. Mm-hmm. But then it's different. I guess it depends on how special the thing is. Like with George Lucas, the annoying thing is that people really liked Star Wars the way it was. And the changes didn't really make them better. I have this plan to get myself ready for the seventh film. And I started, like, slowly re-watching all the, 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 the two trilogies. So, But I didn't want to do it, uh, like, in, in one night or, like, in, one, in, in a weekend. I, I just want to stretch it out to have something to, to hold on to before the film is released. Because I haven't watched them in, in a few years. But unfortunately, the version I got, the the later version, like the 1990s, the remakes. Well, I tell you what you do, man. Uh, here's what you do, unless you already have a plan in place. But I've, I've got a new plan for you if you don't. Already watched them, so too late. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay, so here's what you do. I know it's too late, but there is a nerd, <laughs> a super nerd, who has made an edit... And what he's done, and I think these are, they're online, like you can find them, uh, like, you know, on sites to download. Oh, I think you know what you're talking about, like the scene by scene comparison. Yes. Yes. So he's taken, he took, yeah, he took the Blu-ray versions of Star Wars, took all the HD footage he could, recut them back into their original edits, and then put in, you know, where necessary he has to use like the DVD or Laserdisc footage to for certain shots that you know just don't exist anymore like in high definition like i i can see some of them like how he did it so in some cases he's actually it's so ridiculous masked with special effects like masked around the characters to reinsert the old special effects (laughs) where special edition special effects so for example like in mose eisley in the first film um, when, uh, you know, it's like Luke and, and Obi-Wan are in the little speeder and stuff. Well, you know, they added so much stuff. Yeah, the little creatures walking around when they go in their speeder, right? Yeah, yeah, and there's like a fucking do-back in the background that like yeah, knocks a Jawa yeah. off it and stuff. He's actually gone in, masked around them, and then put the original stuff back in. So in certain instances, um, there is like kind of slight... But it looks okay because I watched it on an HD screen mm-hmm. and it looked okay to me. Like they upscaled the standard definition footage. In some cases, it was really funny because he like had to, he put Darth Vader's eyebrows back on. <laughs> wow. Because, you know, in the, Blu- in the Blu-ray version, they CGI'd off Darth Vader's eyebrows. Right. You see, I'm already like accepting the CG version as my own because like I just told you like what? He had eyebrows and stuff? I've been also watching the special edition versions because that's what I had on Blu-ray, right? So, you know, pretty much the versions of Star Wars I had been watching since the, you know, the late 90s have been the special edition versions. So there's a lot of stuff 
that I completely forgot about were in the original, like, you know, the original cantina. I mean, to be fair, a lot of the things in there are kind of hokey, but I mean, it's, it was made in the 70s. Like, it's it's not a problem yeah. to be of your time. Like, it's representative. So, yeah, there's like a wolf man and there's like some other things like in the cantina that they sort of switched out for different creatures. And yeah, I mean, honestly... I have also grown to accept some of those changes. It was just the Blu-ray version. They did a few more that really made me go, oh, fuck you, and I just couldn't buy it because I, I hated what they did. What do you think about the Death Star explosion in the first, in, a, in episode four, like the remaster one, when they have this the ring? huge, like, the ring, yeah, the ring that goes off. I don't hate it. I'm fine with some of the changes. Again, yeah. it, it gets down to your personal preference. Like what? For me, I don't hate the idea of, say, fixing what's broken or embellishing things slightly. Not yeah. that it was broken, but, but this is where I stand, right? Like I've said this a million times, but Blade Runner The Final Cut was cool. They did two little things, two sort of George Lucasy things in it. Um, but they were subtle, like they weren't like how George Lucas will, you know, add in CGI creatures literally singing into the camera <laughs> in Return of the Jedi. Like it's like it's obnoxiously just what are you doing? They did two things in Blade Runner. I know because I talked to uh, Sunglasses Kid about this because he was pissed off because they they basically inserted two scenes that sort of further stress that. Mm-hmm. that uh, Deckard is a replicant, trying to make it more clear that that is exactly what it is. But, for the most part, but they were subtle. It was literally like they put a weird eye glow into his pupils in one shot, and then he has that uh, unicorn dream. Mm-hmm. And then everything else was just cleaning things up, you know? Getting rid of wires and uh, fixing up the stunt double who looked terrible. That's okay, though, because you want to make sure like the cinematic experience is not hindered by the old technology that uh, you can fix nowadays like with just yeah and that yeah and i'm totally fine with that so there are things in the extended edition star warses where i'm like okay this is okay yeah like you know they fixed up some of the ships yeah you don't need to see the matte boxes to show how they did the ship effects in the first one like you know there's things that they cleaned up they sort of cleaned up darth vader's voice in the first movie to make it more inconsistent with the other ones yeah and I didn't hate the idea of them replacing the Emperor in the second movie, um, because when he shows up on the hologram in the original film, it wasn't the same Emperor that you yeah. see in the third film. But they also changed his dialogue, and that was annoying, because then, it, like, it, so there's just things like that where I'm like, I get why they brought in the other Emperor, like, that seemed like fine choice. And then they redubbed Boba Fett's voice. Because Boba Fett has a different voice in the original ones. Because they, they wanted him to sound like Jango Fett because Boba Fett's a clone. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that pisses me off because it also doesn't make sense. Do you know what I mean? Like It's like if you're a kid and you have an accent and you move to a different country, you lose it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like There's no reason why you're going to sound exactly like your dad just because... Yeah. So to me, like that change is actually doesn't even make sense. It's just a weird... And then the final straw for me was Vader yelling no at the end because mm-hmm. they did that on the Blu-ray version where Vader picks up the Emperor and he's like, no, no. 
And then he throws him in the hole. And that pissed me off because that was one of my favorite scenes in a movie. And when he didn't yell no, like when he just silently watched him electrocuting Luke and then he fucking grabs him and throws him in the hole. Yeah. That was the final straw change. It, like it just it just annoyed me so much that they did that. What I was disappointed about, like, more than the changes themselves is the fact that I used to criticize the new uh, trilogy a lot for the acting and the dialogue and the the director's fault because, you know, the the stuff Lucas made them say and act and it all sounds really silly like in episode 2 the love scenes and uh, rolling around in the grass and stuff like that. Yeah, they're no good, yeah. So these are the things that the the new trilogy gets criticized for which is fine, right? And then Mm -hmm. people sort of idealized the old trilogy and then I rewatched it now and I saw a lot of early signs for the same crappy directing thing that he did now that was already present in the original trilogy and that sort of pissed me off because I was like all yeah the new trilogy sucks the the old trilogy is shit and you, you had to watch it and I watched it as a kid and all my memories are good but but no, it, you still you still feel Lucas in there being all yeah. Lucasy. <laughs> in the other movies, they also have like silly dialogue and stuff too. Almost to the point, like I felt like I shouldn't have watched it, maybe to to keep the magic alive. Okay, I think the difference is though the prequels are very very flat. Yeah, and I mean that. I mean that like visually as well. And I know it's like, cause you know, they're all pretty much people on CGI backgrounds and it shows like, it's really strange, but like when you have bad dialogue uh, with really wooden acting and sort of performances where people aren't, you know, giving any sort of real sort of emotion yeah. or humor. And then you top that off with, they're also not on real sets and everything's fake. Like, when I watch scenes from, like, the second one and stuff, it just feels really flat. It's like I'm looking at a cartoon. Yeah. And um, the second one especially really looks like a cartoon. Like, it's <laughs> a weird movie. Like, just visually. Like, it just looks like a cartoon. Like, I'm, I'm about to watch the second. I, like, I watched the, the first three, and I watched mm-hmm. episode one, which I... Like I have a confession, I love it to bits. Like I love every, everything about it. Even like I was just about to cut to a new song. Now what? what I, 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 I can. <laughs> we're about we're about time to listen to another song by <laughs> Highway Superstar, and you have just said you like the Phantom Menace, and I'm supposed to just sit on that for a few minutes. <laughs> yep, while we just listen to music. sit and dwell on that while we listen to <laughs> a new Highway Superstar song. Yeah, I'm punishing you like okay. that. <laughs> well, listen. We're well. We're going to address this in a moment, but. Um, Let's listen. Let's let's now sort of travel forward to your new album, which, dude, the fucking production on End Game, which is the new Highway Superstar, is really fucking solid. I, I don't want I don't want to say that like I'm surprised, like you haven't done good work in the past, but um, it's really sounds great. And uh, we're gonna listen to a track now called Dream Diary, featuring. Was it Honey Colonna, like that? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to listen to that now, and then we'll be back with more Highway Superstar. In fact, we'll be back with more Highway Superstar, but here is some Highway Superstar. (laughs) This is Dream Diary.
I drifted to a different world To a tropical land so free I'm with my mysterious ocean girl She makes my dreams seem like reality We walk together on the bone dry sand That was Dream Diary by Highway Superstar featuring Honey Colonna. And I want to talk about this song. I also want to talk about what you just said about the Phantom Menace. So I'm just debating which... <laughs> what, which what is more important. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, first, I'm going to say this. Whatever you say, what's going to follow. I think Phantom Menace is terrible, but 
I will say that Liam Neeson gives the, in my opinion, the only good performance of the entire prequels. I don't care. Like, everyone always talks about the third movie being the best one just because it's really dark. I think it's too dark for a Star Wars movie, and I think tonally it's all wrong. Yeah, I, I think Episode Seven will be darker for some reason. I don't know, man. I think if they go in there, like... Because the problem with the prequels is, like, like the third one, it has no whimsy or fun. It's, like, just a depressingly flat... Just It's not a good movie. People just like it because it's, like, it's dark and you finally, you know, get Vader or whatever. But I think that in terms of the prequels, Liam Neeson actually gave uh, like a proper performance or yeah or the the best we got anyways and literally i know there's people who will say like oh you know Ewan mcgregor did okay or whatever and like honestly i i think they're all everyone is terrible yeah. like every every single person and even when the third movie goes dark i still think it's full of garbage like when mace windu gets electrocuted out the window and and the emperor just unlimited and he's like electrocuting him and it's just so stupid and then just no you die like i I was just like what is going on like it's so i will say like when i go back you know phantom menace we always talk about being like the worst but i i i don't think it is the worst one because the other ones somehow kind of tricked people into thinking that trilogy was getting better But I, I think that people were just misled because it tonally got darker. You listening to this, Lucas? <laughs> no, no one's listening to this. <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but that's the thing. So for me, when I when I go back and watch clips of it, I can sort of tolerate clips from Phantom Menace more because if it's a clip with Liam Neeson in it, it actually feels like, hey, he actually is like acting kind of like a Jedi. Obviously, any clip is ruined the second Jar Jar enters, but... You know, the other movies, just because it had less Jar Jar, they they got some terrible comedy relief out of C-3PO and stuff in the second one. Like, he says some terrible lines of dialogue. Oh, man, D- don't remind me of the dialogue from the second one. Jesus. So even though, like, Jar Jar wasn't there? Jar Jar was there in his spirit. <laughs> he definitely was, because he's getting his head dragged across the floor and says, oh, this is such a drag. Like... <laughs> Ah! <laughs> anyway, uh, state, state your case for Phantom Menace, and then we're going to talk about your music. Yeah, okay, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace has a few, a couple of the best moments in the new trilogy, which is the the pod race and the final battle, in my opinion. Like, the Darth Maul battle. It's choreographed, like, perfectly, and I love how there's, like, this intense relief when they enter this... Uh, service uh, hall or something like that, whatever it is, and then they have, like, the radiation, like, doors, like, uh, beam, beam doors, like, shutting, and they and they can't fight each other, and they have to wait it out, and then uh, uh, Liam Neeson's, like, praying or meditating, and then uh, Darth Maul's, like, pacing nervously and, like, bashes his lightsaber through the wall, and... I think what they should have not done is I don't think they should have killed Darth Maul. I think that was a mistake. Like I think the prequels might have been more successful if they if they had a consistent villain. Yeah. Through the th- three, I mean, I guess you could say it's the Emperor, but you can't because he's not he, he's not really the Emperor. Like he, I mean, he's kind of in the background. Like because Darth Maul, like I liked, I thought he looked cool, and I liked that he had a double sided lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I just didn't like was how like in every movie 
they just they kept they just have like they had a, like a new bad guy, mm-hmm. and you didn't really grow as attached to bad guys. Yeah, yeah, as as you do with like Vader and stuff. That's true. And, and then he got to episode three, and he was up to a point where he he had to like end this, but he had nothing consistent to rely on, and that is why I think episode three might have been much better if he would had some consistency in it in the first place well what would have been cooler story-wise i mean again everybody has their own this is what happens when you you mythologize like a history and you you don't you don't show it is everybody has their own personal idea of what that history should have been yeah and for me i pictured a past that actually looked like the past of the star wars movies that we had seen and so when the prequels come out and they look like they're the future, right. you know what I mean? Like it's right. like these big future cities with flying cars and stuff and it just didn't it didn't have the same style or design and it felt wrong. Like it just felt like this doesn't feel like the past. Like I would have gone out of my way. I would have used the technology very differently than how they used it. It's also sort of falls into place because you don't see any of that in the in the original trilogy which takes place later and then you can deduct yourself that the future is like much more bleak now so you don't have any pretty cities to look at you have ruins and stuff like that and you have just empire star destroyers and stuff like that although in the special editions they did add in some additional shots when they're celebrating yeah they do show that those places are still around I don't know. I just I, it felt wrong to me. Like to me, I just this is my just my personal take was that the past of Star Wars would have been more like just dudes in robes with lightsabers, like fighting on mountains and in caves and ancient looking like cathedrals and things. Like not not a future city. So in some ways, you know, the Phantom Menace kind of aesthetically looked sort of more like a Star Wars film in a way. In that, right. uh, in the way they were visiting, like kind of older cities and places that already had like established sort of thing, and so I, I don't know, like that's the way I pictured it. And so for me, I always thought like Vader would, you know, get made at like the end of the second film. You know what I mean? And then you yeah. have a whole third movie with you know, young Vader, because even like the Star Wars movies, everyone loves Empire Strikes Back, and they say you know because it's dark, it's darker, but it's still not like insanely dark it's just darker than the other one yeah but it's it's not it's not like killing a room full of children dark which is what they <laughs> like the third movie he murders a room full of children and then he has a lightsaber battle with his best friend who cuts his arms and legs off and then w- watches him <laughs> burn to death like in a fucking volcano <laughs> it just feels wrong for star wars like i always just assumed yeah like vader was a great pilot he fucking flew his ship the emperor shot him down and then like you know, went and gathered his fucking, you know, burnt corpse from yeah. a spaceship and then and then indoctrinated him into the force or whatever, you know, like something simple. But then to make it like he turned evil because he wants to save his fucking wife from dying or something. Like it just, it was. Yeah, it, was so- it got weird. <laughs> <laughs> you can just say that it got weird really fast. Listen, I want to. <laughs> This is what happens all the time. We go on these uh, these tangents. I want to talk about this album because I said it was it was like this this album's really good, and we listened to Dream Diary about ten minutes ago. <laughs> who who who? <laughs> it's been a while, right? I feel like I should play another track, and then maybe we'll just talk about both of them. Okay. So this is another track I really dig, and it's called "Burn This City" 
by Highway Superstar, and uh, we're going to listen to that right now. So close now Do you wanna get away? That's a choice we can make I see Chris and I see your eyes Can't make the switch There is no wrong or right Oh, I'll make it clear tonight Then we will begin Start a fire
And that was Burn This City by Highway Superstar. And I am joined by Highway Superstar. We just talked about Star Wars. Yeah, we, we're not going to talk about more Star Wars, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can go on all day, it seems. First of all, you sing on this album. Yeah. That was a surprise to me because when you sent me, like, uh, before the video came out, you sent it to me. And I watched it having no preparation. You just said, here's the video. <laughs> and then uh, immediately I'm just like, wait, he's singing. <laughs> like, and, and you sing well. Like, it sounds good. I didn't know you sang. Like, that was the thing. I just didn't know. It's been a process. Like, I've been writing stuff and I've been in bands and uh, making music for most of my life, right? But I've never been in front of the mic leading the song. It was always either no singing whatsoever or small backing vocal parts but it was something I wanted to do for a long while and I didn't feel like I could perform it well enough to the point of being comfortable to place a song I'm singing on in an album I felt like I could do it so I was working very hard to get my vocals to the point I was feeling comfortable with so, uh, like, I, I don't have a lot of time to do it, and I mainly sing in the car and practice vocal lines. And So that was pretty much how I got myself comfortable enough to, to record. Uh, I was, like, recording myself through my cell phone and singing, revisiting it and trying to fix bad parts. And it's been going on for, like, a couple of years now. So now, now I'm singing, and it feels pretty great. Well, it's it definitely like it sounds good, and that song "Burn the City" is like that's that's just all you, right? I mean, yeah. There, so who who is um, from the track uh, "Dream Diary"? Who is Honey Colonna? Honey is a singer who I've known for a relatively short while, but we met through her brother, who I've I've known for many years from the heavy metal scene. He was playing bass and guitar and all sorts of bands. Since then he started like doing electronic music and he recorded his sister in a couple of tracks. And uh, we've been introduced finally and uh, turns out she was a big retro 80s fan. So we really had like good chemistry and musically. And she sings like damn well. She's like the best natural singer I've ever heard. Like she's not not really classically trained or something. She just has these gorgeous vocal pipes that sound great. And she mainly does covers on her YouTube page of like famous songs she likes. And her brother records her and then she uploads it. They're really great, so so I wanted her on board and the first song we did was Hunters that has Sunglasses Kid on it. Uh, we had the song ready, me and Ed, I did like verses and instrumentation and he added drums, wrote chorus and we both mixed it and then I mixed it some more and then I added guitars and then I showed it to Honey and she really wanted to sing on it so uh, we came up with lyrics and I drove to her house to record and it's like a two hour drive. We, we did that and after Hunters we did Dream Diary, which is like a duet of me and her. Who wrote the lyrics? Uh, the lyrics are mine for, for all the songs, really. Except the Dana Jean Phoenix track and the Gamble track, which is Save You. Yeah. So, right, okay. so all the songs with uh, Honey Colonna are my lyrics. Did you produce it? 
like and, and did all like the the fucking mixing and mastering and shit. Besides the mastering, who which was done uh, by Martin Dubka, Dubka, uh, yeah. Uh, besides the mastering that was done by the dude that did Tesla Boy, he mixed and mastered them. So uh, I really like the sound, and I just approached him for the mastering stage. But besides that, it's all my production and mixing. And so stuff. what did he? Did he master the whole album or just select tracks? Yeah, he mastered the entire album. Like, Take My Time was mastered by Silent Gloves, Steve. And this one is mastered by uh, Martin. And I, I don't like mastering my own stuff because I really want uh, an outside ear that is not immersed in the project to be able to make tough decisions that I won't necessarily be able to make. So that, that That's what you usually do like in, in big projects and I just wanted to to do the same to have like an outside uh, approach well, that's cool man I dig it <laughs> 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 it's that time of the show where we where we wind down <laughs> but uh, yeah well it was it was good uh, catching up with you oh likewise see like it, it goes by so quick you know we can go on for Another 15 minutes talking about Star Wars and how yeah. George Lucas <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Is there any uh, anything you want to uh, um, you want to get off your chest before we <laughs> wrap this up? I think the, uh, my love for Episode One has been quite enough things I want to wrap off my chest. Like <laughs> I, I feel like if I would say anything extra, I would like totally lose credit out there. <laughs> As long as people are aware, I think the only time it's frustrating when you argue with somebody who's just not, like, who isn't self-aware, like, because there's things I like that I know aren't great, but yeah. it doesn't stop me from liking them. Like, other people's opinions don't affect me if it's something that I, I enjoy. Like, I I enjoy Mortal Kombat the movie, okay? Me too. Now, I don't, yeah, but it's like, I don't, someone can look me in the face and be like, dude, that's a terrible film, and I'm like... It yeah, is. But it doesn't mean I don't like it still. Like it's just a guilty pleasure thing. I like it and and I don't I don't think there's any shame. I think even the term guilty pleasure is sort of a weird one because I mean, yeah. if you like it, uh you like it. You know, it's like uh we, you know what I mean? <laughs> Why does it have to be guilty just because other people don't? Unless what you like is a horrible thing, like yeah. a crime of some kind, but like apart from that, when we talk about guilty pleasures and stuff like movies and music, it's just yeah, if someone like I don't like modern pop music. I will say it's not good. But if someone's just like, hey, man, that song's catchy. I'm like, all right. Like, if it makes you happy, like, go ahead. It doesn't mean I'm not yeah. going to keep complaining or stop complaining about it. But, like, you know, it's if you enjoy it, you go nuts. Like, it doesn't, doesn't bother me. The only thing is, I got into an argument with a guy when I went to this fucking nerd gathering of Doctor Who fans who was, like, trying to convince me that that the prequels are good movies like he's just like no no they're good uh. movies and he was like really adamant i'm like dude it's fine if you like them i'm happy for you i'm actually really happy for you that's what i said <laughs> because i'm like dude if you like those movies fucking congratulations because everyone else had to walk out of the theater going like oh my god like your your past is getting like punched in the sack and if you can actually like watch the prequels and be like, hey, these are great movies, fucking amazing. But don't tell me they're good. Like, yeah. just, you know, just say, like, hey, man, 
there's some stuff in there. I watched it at a certain age, maybe like uh, if people are younger. Yeah. Maybe they watched the prequels when they were like 10 or something. And, you know, I'm a child of the 80s and there's some 80s movies that people love that I don't like at all. You know what I mean? Like I know tons of people who love fucking Goonies and stuff like that. And I'm just like, dude, I can't I can't do Goonies. I don't get it. But I know there's people who love it. And I know that's because they watched it when they were a kid. And I have I have those movies too. Yeah, I watched Goonies when I was like, I, I, first time I watched it. I was it was this year actually. Yeah, first time. <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a tough one to watch when you're old for the first time. Yeah, it was kind of tough. It was like uh, it's a kids movie, but it just it doesn't take off. Like it never takes off. Like really, it's it's kind of slow and it's. But at the same time as I watched it, I was like going like younger me would have loved this like unconditionally. With um, '80s movies, you know, there is there is sort of a charm to some of the how they're just kind of not ironic. They're just these straightforward like adventure things, and 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 I, I mean, I can look at it and go, okay, I get it. Like I get why people like it. And I get that, but I also do understand, like, it is one of those, you watch it as a kid. I mean, look, and then there's there's great ones that stand the test of time. Like, I loved Ghostbusters when I was a kid, yeah. and it's still a great movie. What well, would be a game you like, even though like it's Like a, a video game? Yeah, even though it's absolute shit. Oh, good question. I guess Mortal Kombat? <laughs> like, uh. I love the Mortal Kombat franchise, but I don't think the first one is a good game. I mean, comparatively, like, Street Fighter Two is like... You know, the arcade next to it, mm-hmm. that's a game that actually requires, like, tact and skill and stuff. And Mortal Kombat, you're, like, mashing high punch and, you know what I mean? Trying yeah. to get to the end of the fight so you can pull somebody's head off. Like, it doesn't have the depth. But I've always... See, with Mortal Kombat, I always liked the aesthetic, and I liked the story. Because it had a story. It never it never stopped. Like, even the first one was... Uh, it, it was an arcade hit. Like, people would stand... In lines to play it uh, here, at least. Yeah, yeah, okay, you're right. I mean, yeah, that's a tricky one, man. Like, uh, I have a good example for that. Like, uh, Shaq Fu for for uh, Mega Drive. <laughs> right? Fucking Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu. I loved that game when I was a teen. <laughs> I thought it was great. And when it got to, like, the top of the lists of. The worst games ever made, and Shaq Fu was, like, right boldly on top. And I genuinely thought it was a great game, like, all around. A great game, balanced, balanced gameplay, great graphics. And then I was so surprised when it got to the worst games of all time. I was like, really? Ah, I'm gonna have to think about this. This is, uh... (laughs) Okay, How how about we play another track from Endgame? This is Hunter's by Highway Superstar.
And that was Hunters by Highway Superstar featuring Sunglasses Kid and Honey Colonna. And we were in the middle of talking about liking bad video games. Yeah. You raise an interesting thing that I think I'm going to bring up to other guests. Because, you see, video games, they're less subjective than movies. Because there are certain aspects of games that can be, like, definitively discussed. So, like, with a movie, you know, you can argue the cinematography's not good or the editing's not good or whatever, but they also leave you with a feeling. And you can't argue with somebody if that feeling strikes a chord with them. Right. Whereas with video games, there can be things that are fundamentally broken about a game that can't be argued about, right? So, broken if you play gameplay. a game that has... Yeah, like bad control, fucking long loading times, yeah. glitchy, fucking always crashes. You just can't argue with that kind of stuff. And that's usually what really makes... Because there, there are very few games I've ever played that are technically great and everything's good and it gets a bad review. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they, there has to be something fundamentally wrong for a game to get an awful review. Because even if a game... Right. You know, like the way the new Star Wars game, which I really like... But I totally agree with the reviewers who say that it's, like, light on content. Yeah. Because it is. But it's still a great game. You have the gameplay to Yeah, for me, it's, like, doing what I want. It's, like, it looks like Star Wars, it sounds like Star Wars, and I'm having some Star Wars. It's it's okay for a game to be, like, to have a great story, but not so great gameplay, uh, and vice versa, like, have a great gameplay, but... Like, no story, but still, a great gameplay, so you play it a lot. Yeah, and then you'll get people on either side of that spectrum, you know, like, they'll play an Uncharted game and say, oh, it's got this great spectacle, and it's awesome, yeah. but then there's lots of moments that are re- very restricted, you know, where you're just sort of pushing left on the thing as he climbs, and yeah. you're not really actively doing that much. It's an interesting thing, because I'm, I'm going to think about this. I don't have an answer for you, like a definitive one, about whether or not there's a game that I think is, like is a terrible game but for some reason i i play it yeah i can't i mean because a lot of modern games like a lot of modern a lot of modern a lot of modern movies they're all like i find all hollywood movies now to be all sort of competently made you know what i mean like yeah. i don't i don't often watch a movie that that is like oh wow this is edited poorly or the sound is bad you know like when you watch shitty movies from different decades yeah. You could actually watch a bad movie that was like, oh, like this is this is edited improperly and, and there's weird, you know, glitches and problems. Yeah. Like this is a bad movie. But now it's like they're all technically decent. It's just very few of them are special in yeah. that way that makes me go, oh, I really want to own this film. Like it, once a year, you know, every year there's like two movies that I go like, oh, I'll watch this again. Yeah. And most of the time they're usually superhero movies or big sci-fi films like uh that just happens to be what i like you know yeah that's why uh, that's why i'm mad at some of these game studios because they put out shit that is simply not playable because this to me would be like watching a movie with the with like the extra cuts and the director in camera going like okay stop 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 what you're doing you have to do it better (laughs) And, and then you like watch like eight hours of a movie and then george lucas would have uh, like make an excuse about it like you get eight hours of star wars why aren't you happy but you're shouting <laughs> but you're shouting at the actors <laughs> right no that's a good point man i'm gonna i'm gonna remember that because 
if someone ever gives me a proper answer to that question, maybe I'll uh, I'll bring it up again on the show. Cool. But anyways, man, we gotta we gotta wrap up. Yeah. We got uh, we got family duties to attend to. You and I. That's true. Though they all sleep now. It's it's uh, ten fifteen. In the evening, so they're all sleeping now. My recent thing about putting my kid to sleep is we we watch an episode of The Flash, the TV show. Like the old one? No, the new one. I just started watching The Flash. It's actually not bad. I wouldn't normally like those kind of CW shows, like those kind of cheesy uh, shows they do. But The Flash as a as a superhero show, because I like superheroes, and I'm sort of I'm kind of bored of this new. You know, like the sort of the new wave of superheroes where it's like they're they're embarrassed to there's a lot of franchises where they're like ashamed of their what they're based on, you know, so like they never say the name of the hero because it sounds silly. you know, like there's just things like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you can say like like Dark Knight Rises, you know, like they never actually say Catwoman at any point. <laughs> And it's because he's like, well, you know, because it's it's silly, but it's like, well, but that's the character, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to do the comic book movie, embrace it, have them in their costumes and have them call the characters their stupid names because that's the source material. And uh, while I think that that does work sometimes and there have been some, I mean, obviously, like The Dark Knight is an amazing film, but I like uh, what I like about the Flash TV show. And I've only watched like the first half of the first season. So like maybe it gets really stupid, Mm -hmm. but it's like. It's a superhero show that's like not afraid of the source material. So like he wears the costume, they give the villains stupid names, they all have like science fiction superpowers that don't make sense and they just sort of like that's the show, you know, and and so for me liking superheroes, I like that kind of stuff. That is great. Like uh, that that would be something I would watch. But like on the Marvel universe, there, there's just too much content for me to to follow. Like, while I do enjoy, like, the mindless fun the movies are, there's a lot of, like, back stories and uh, side quests, <laughs> I would call them that, like, uh, that you can watch in order to, to be more familiar with the source material uh, the, <clears throat> that they're basing the, the current plot on, like uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Agent Carter, or Jessica Jones, and stuff like that. Like, you have to watch all that crap in order to fully understand the consequences or what, whatever and it's just too much content I'm I'm a married man for fuck's sake yeah. I, I don't have time for this I just want to watch Avengers and have fun right yeah I tell you what I'll have you back sometime and then we'll finish this yeah definitely because that's because uh, I just finished watching Jessica Jones I actually really liked it but like that's cool. uh, a whole other <laughs> <laughs> but anyways man it's been good talking to you yeah and let's end, let's end on another track from Endgame what's a, what's a track that uh, that you think is cool that we should uh, end the show on um, I think you should end with Nebula because it ends the album and it's instrumental and it's long alright man so listen it was fun talking to you likewise uh, fun catching up and uh, the new album is really good and people should get it uh, it uh, sounds great and uh, that's that's my endorsement Brasso Corsa Records Bandcamp uh, my SoundCloud the usual suspects so uh, you have a lovely day and we are going to end the show with a little track called Nebular off of Endgame by Highway Superstar <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs>